0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Powered by Precision Podcast. As usual, I'm going to be joined by my co-host Ali, and today we've got a fantastic guest, we've got Seb from Stillness Fitness. He's going to tell us a little bit about his journey into fitness, how he became a PT, what he can do, where he works, how he works, and some little tips and hints along the way. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. As usual, if you do enjoy it, please give it a rating, please review us. Please share it with your friends as that will help our podcast grow. We really enjoy doing these and we hope you enjoy listening to them. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Seb and NGI.
1: So hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're joined by uh, Sebastian, from um, who's a personal trainer and online coach. Um, he's gonna tell us a little bit about himself, his business and how he came to be. So welcome. And if you want to introduce yourself and tell us what, who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah. So hi guys, thank you for having me. Thank you, Mike, for the invite. Um, so a bit about myself, so I'm based in London, uh, currently since uh, 2014. Um, background, so I used to play a lot of sports growing up, so I grew up in the Caribbean, so I was always outside, always playing, exploring, then uh, age of eight, I started to play handball, which I've played for almost 20 years, and um, when I was um, 19, started to study sports science at uni, and the reason behind that was because I got a few injuries uh, playing handball, and I wanted to understand a bit more about um body and how it can be uh, strengthened, healed uh, in a, I would say, non-medical way. Yes. Yeah. So that was the main reason behind that, and so which led me to do a bachelor degree um adapted physical activity to health uh during which I worked with uh, different type of populations so from kids to people with chronic disease to um uh, people with cancer h t h d then I went on doing a master's uh so still um, adaptive physical clinical activity to health but uh with a more with an approach based between performance and uh, adapting physical activity to health. Uh, during this I did work with people with dementia and I did actually my dissertation on dementia and uh, physical activity and how um, physical activity could help dealing with uh, the dementia and sometimes even uh, improve the cognitive uh, reactions of patients and then 2014 moved to London um, so I've started to actually train people in 2011 professionally mm-hmm. and 2014 moved to London and started to work with uh, I would say the big boxes.
1: Um, I so, James.
2: <laughs> yeah. In big gyms, um, which then, uh, which I'm doing up until now, really. Goodness. Cool. And uh, in terms of uh, clientele, I work mostly at the moment mostly with office workers. So, oh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell.
1: Cool. So, do you work more face to face or more online currently? Um,
2: currently, I would more face to face,
1: yeah. So I have a
2: basis of online clients, but yeah, mostly
1: face-to-face. More face-to-face. And so obviously you moved over from, uh, was it in the caribbean originally? Um, and then straight to London or anywhere else in between?
2: Uh, no, so um, I moved to Paris, uh, where I spent three years, then I moved to uh, Brittany, which is on the west side of uh, France. Yeah. And I was there for two years, and then I moved uh, a bit further down for another three years. So I spent eight years in France and then uh, moved to London
3: after. Very, very well traveled. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you
3: find London compared to everywhere else?
2: So that's a really good question. And I was um, talking about that this weekend actually with a friend of mine. Um, this is since I left the Caribbean, this is the place I stayed the longest.
3: Right.
2: So, I think it's said a lot. Yeah. I love uh, London. Yeah.
1: So, would you say there's sort of a difference in um, people's goals and people's needs and people's sort of perceptions of fitness and health from the different countries you've been in? Uh,
2: yeah, most definitely. I think um, back in France, well, actually, when I was there, people were more like you to get involved into sports, um, fitness, unless you were someone who um, was interested into doing bodybuilding or anything really uh, deep, you wouldn't go to um, a gym. Okay. And the funny thing is that when I graduated, I, will, I applied for a few gyms to work and they were either not hiring because the demand wasn't uh, there, or uh, they were telling, Yeah, but you know, with um, your background and all of that, you're a bit too, too qualified, so we can't necessarily uh, hire you on what you're looking for. So that was one thing. Then, on a client kind side of things, um, goals wise, they are. What I've got from um, French people is that they are, they would rather go on a diet, go on a, yeah, change everything before they start to exercise. Right, yeah. Yeah. Whereas when I moved to London, I was really shocked to see that uh, people were always out running, people were always, uh, gym were packed, gyms were all over the place, and I didn't, I didn't know that when I was in France. So Although I studied it, um, I studied it in the idea that I would, at some point, just open my own thing and get people to understand what it's about and how to, uh, how it can be useful to them.
1: Yeah, I think from looking at your, your obviously your Instagram and your website and stuff, you put quite a big emphasis on sort of not just training people for the sake of being fit. You're very much into like how the body moves, why it moves and educating people. Um, I really like that. Um, So what sort of pushed you more into that path? Was it more because of your injuries from handball or was it just because you were more interested in the movement of the body rather than actually just training for the sake of it?
3: Well,
2: I think what I try to, the message that I try to spread is that um, first your body is your temple. And if you understand how it moves, if you understand which um, feeling you're actually going through and how to um, how to treat them or how to deal with them, that's yeah. When you will be more consistent, more coherent and then get the result that you offer.
3: When you're sort of talking to your new That's, clients, uh, um, how much emphasis do they put on yep. the way they look and the way they feel?
2: Um, it's, I would say it's a bit uh, tricky. Uh, so if we look at the work that I'm doing in person, um, I'm more, Around everything in mobility, we have mutation and all these things. So, the newcomers, if they come to me, they know that uh, I'm going to help them to fix these issues first. Whereas, uh, if I'm dealing with people online, they're a bit more interested in the aesthetic um, part of things. But that being said, regardless of uh, whether they want to actually be. Uh, fitter or just uh, look better. What I found is that they often come with um, the goal in mind that they want to improve their body composition, even if they don't say it straight away. But if when you get to scrap some layers, Mm -hmm. you understand that they don't feel confident, they don't feel comfortable in their body. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's kind of where I was going with that because
3: it's just so social media driven now about the way you look and I think yeah. if we can give everyone that confidence, they're going to feel that they look, look better in any way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And also another thing is that um, what I believe is that if you understand how your body moves, you, you're willing to put the effort in to move your body consistently, so three times a week each week of the year you're definitely going to have positive results on your body composition whereas if your body composition is your, is your main aim you might miss uh, part of the big picture that actually are more important than the goal of losing a few pounds and looking better
1: yeah i think you, you, you know on the edge obviously it's more about the, the way you look and the way you sort of feel is a bit of a byproduct of getting everything right on the way on the journey um exactly. obviously seeing what you've sort of obviously doing the, the online trainer stuff and obviously working as a PT in London everyone comes to you with the same sort of goal everyone wants to lose a bit of weight everyone wants to tone yeah. up um and it's about finding the way that like gets them to that goal but there's a lot more smaller goals involved in that and it's about getting them to see that and I think you, you've hit the nail on the end of it yeah. yeah um so do you have a preference for online or in person
2: So, I prefer in person
3: Um,
2: and the reason behind that is because it's more tangible. Um, In person you can uh, correct someone straight away, you can uh, help someone feel something that they are supposed to but they they might not be able to because of their positioning, because of their awareness so i feel like in person there's a much bigger value and there's a uh, not only for the client but also for us as trainers it's, i feel like it's more rewarding to be able to just by with a little detail you're able to change someone's perception of an exercise to me that's uh that's gold. but then that being said um online gives us uh, a flexibility that's we don't have in person. So, especially when we are, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if you're doing, let's say, 20 sessions a week in person, uh, they are more likely to be two or three in the morning, two or three lunchtime, and <laughs> two or three in the evening. So, quite spread out the day. So, in terms of organisation uh, management or schedule is a bit, uh, a
1: yeah. bit too tough. I think, the, I think the online thing gives you a bigger, a bigger score for people the way I'm at. But yeah. it's harder to sort of get them in harder turn and harder to get them to see your message straight away because they're not seeing you, like yeah, exactly. week in, week out, they're getting your session on paper or they're having a quick Zoom call with you or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it's quite hard to sort of spread your message easier exactly. than it is when, when you're face-to-face. Yeah. Um, so how have you found obviously the last year has been a bit up and down especially in the fitness industry with gyms closing and things how have you found working through the pandemic did you manage to switch everything online or
2: um, so luckily um, on my in-person work I'm employed so uh, I've been followed for uh, most part of the pandemic so it allowed me to actually take a step back and look at what was going on, how people were uh, adapting to the situation, but also what the demand was on the client side. And um, so my in-person clients, most of them, they they either stopped doing what were are training together because they told me, well, uh, on my side, I have already, uh, I've already done a routine that we've been working through, so I'm going to keep working through that. And as a, as a person, as a trainer, I didn't want to add any, any more pressure to the current situation. So I, I didn't try to force anything on anyone. Yeah, So I just respect where they were at, always offered my support as much as I could. But then if they (laughs) they wanted to take it, they took it.
3: That was the key all the way through this though, wasn't it? Just let people have their own journey and support them if they wanted the support.
2: Yeah. So that was mostly it for my in-person work. Um, Online, to be honest, didn't change that much, uh, if only that um, a few of my clients asked for uh, Zoom calls or to be able to do things with other people. So, I've done, um, I've run a few uh, body weight only classes online because, yeah, uh, that's what they were, they asked for. It lasted maybe, um, so it was last year from May to mid July, roughly, once a week. And um, so yeah, that was quite, quite interesting, quite fun yeah. to see.
1: <laughs> Again, I think it's a different challenge. I, I did something similar. I sort of started doing like a, like a short a 10 day thing where they do a session every day for 10 days and that was their group. Um, and it, it's, it was difficult to sort of get people to buy in initially, but then I think once they realise it, it can be a little bit of a community, even though it's online um, and yeah. you are still there for the support and you are still there for the help, it does sort of take yeah. off. Um, yeah. So okay. do, you, do you think you'll sort of keep doing things like that, even though the pandemic's coming to an end now, or is that done and dusted and you going to get back to just doing the main in-person stuff?
2: Well, yeah. honestly, I don't think um, I'm um, going to carry on. Um, Reason-wise, because uh, logistic, logistically, is just too much of a- Yeah, it time, nice time. out. Yeah. And also, my flat is quite uh, quite small, Although I have a garden, but uh, as you know, we're in London, so (laughs) the weather is never (laughs) never sure. Yeah.
1: And so what about, so personally then, obviously looking at your Instagram, it looks like you're fairly regularly training yourself. And obviously the videos you're putting out there are about your own mobility. I'm seeing you coming back from injury at the minute. Um, So how does your own training sort of look? Are you a train everyday person? Do you do a few times a week? Do you mix it up a little bit with a bit of difference? like sort of training methods or
2: yeah so um before so to give you a bit of context i've picked handball up again since a month and a half so which then changed my routine a little bit but before that um, i would train four to five times a week um speed wise well mostly a uh, full body um full body with uh in each session making sure that i'm covering some kind of power some kind of strength um and some kind of uh, conditioning at the end so that was the basis on each session then now that i've taken handball on i'm mostly using my uh, training session to help me with my practice so yes, yeah, just like a, it's a strength and conditioning, but for my humble. Yeah, so making sure that my uh, fists are happy, that my joints are happy, that I can generate power through my hips, power yeah. through my shoulders, so yeah, all that kind of thing.
1: Very good.
2: And on top of that, if I, I feel like it on the other day, I can go for a run, but it's been a while since I <laughs> <laughs> have done that. <laughs>
3: Breathing in the lovely London fresh air (laughs) Yeah Exactly Um, I was going to ask a quick question Um, You seem really Really focused and driven With all your sort of qualifications And everything you've done Have you ever had a time in your life Where you've struggled with your own motivation Yeah And how did you get past that
2: So Um this time was this year in February. So second week of February, I got to a point where I, I just couldn't do anything. Uh, yeah, I was burned out. And so I literally sat down, started to think, but thinking didn't really help. So I told myself, it might be time for me to just put everything on the side, like everything and go with the flow. So try to understand what I want to, what I really want to do on the moment and go with that. And um, so I'm a big fan of music. Uh, So I saw DJ on the side and that was most of it. So, daily I was waking up, putting my uh, music on, and for one, two, three, sometimes more hours, I was just playing music, listening to the lyrics, dancing, grooving. Fantastic.
3: Yeah. yeah. Music got me through the lockdown as well. every day listening to different DJs and dancing around the garden with my kids. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. That are you feeling okay now?
2: Yeah, yeah much, much better, much better. I think um, it was a combination of lockdown plus um, weather, plus uh, not really being able to see any further than the next day, really.
3: Well, your whole life had changed, like most yes. of ours had. So, yeah, exactly.
1: Understandable. Yeah. But now everything is good. good. <laughs> so obviously we're coming out of the pandemic now. Everything's starting to hopefully open back up again and everything gets back to normal. So what's next for you and your business?
2: Um, so yeah. for me, I would say, well, as you mentioned earlier, so mind you, so get, the, get it healed properly. Um business-wise, so I so have an idea where I want 60% of my business to be in person and 40% online. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm more on uh, 90% in person and 10% online. So work towards this... Um, and, yeah, mostly be able to spread my message a bit wider, a bit widely. so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big one for me. So, yeah, marketing-wise and all that's that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hard, isn't it, obviously? It, it's hard to say where you're going to be when you, you – obviously, there's still a lot of uncertainty in the world, and, again, if you've got 90% of your clients face-to-face, mm. you're not really going to drop any of them, I suppose, but it's sort of working yeah. out how you can sort of – bring the online people up while you've still got those yeah it, it, it's difficult it. I'm in very similar boat myself so yeah it's uh, it's hard to manage it's a um, challenge yeah it's a good one but it's a nice one yeah. to have um, but yeah it's tough um, so final one then would what would be your three top tips for someone who is either just getting into fitness or coming back to fitness um, what would you say the best three things they should work on try and have a go at um,
2: um can I split that in? Answer
1: yeah. okay. however you see fit. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. Um, so, if, if it's a newcomer going to fitness, but in person, I would say find someone, find a trainer that can support you during the journey, someone who can assess you, so assess your biomechanics, assess your movements. To make sure that uh, all the imbalances are being, did, are being dealt with from the beginning. So that would be the first one. Mm-hmm. Second one, make sure that they are not doing too much too soon. So really listen to their body and uh, to the actual demand of what they're going through. And um, third one, be aware of the fact that they are not going to get results straight away (laughs) (laughs) and yeah (laughs) and actually um as i like to say keep their eyes on the prize so being clear focused about what they want to achieve but don't let that get in the way of enjoying the journey and yeah having fun along the way really so that would be for someone goes to an in-person uh, yeah. someone goes online now, um, say, find someone who can assess you, who can uh, guide you properly. Make sure that you're communicating with your trainer as much as possible. I, th- I think that's, that's something that I'm dealing with at the moment is that my training are not necessarily Engaging as much as they could, and third one would be to try to stick to one thing and do it properly before they go and try. Uh, Amy's workout on Monday, David workout on Tuesday. could yeah. uh, do some yoga on Wednesday, some Pilates on uh, Saturday, and ask yourself in three, that, three months down the line while. Well, why the no result.
1: Yeah, definitely. yeah. I would I would agree with all that. Um right. it's definitely a lot of hopping about goes on. Um yeah. and I think that's the I don't want to really say it. it's like it's a social media, but it probably is because there's so much out there now you can get so many things yeah. that exactly. everyone just says, Oh yeah, well that looks good, I'll give that a go, that looks good, I'll give that a go. And yeah. it's not necessarily the best route to them at times. And like you say,
3: everybody's looking for a quick fix. And it's yeah. like if you haven't got a results in seven days, it's obviously not the right thing that's not
2: true, <laughs> you've yeah. got to kind of stick with it. Yeah, not only it's not true, but also when, um, when you look at how people are assessing their progress, usually it's the scale. So if this morning I was uh, 80 kg, and I step on the scale of tomorrow morning uh, with an hour difference and I'm 80.5, it's the end of the world because I gained uh, 500 grams, but they don't really think of everything that's going on uh, on the fact that uh, they might be they might look better, just look better. They might fit better in their clothes and all of that. So I think yeah, it's it's a time for us to as professionals to step rightly into the plate and make them understand that yeah, there's more ways to. Actually, assess them to see your progress.
1: Brilliant. And um, so, just finally, then, where can people find you if people want to get in touch with you and say more about you?
2: Um, so, Instagram. Instagram would be the best way. So, my handle is sebw dot underscore stillness s t i double l n e double s and uh, can be f- uh, facebook as well so sebastian and i uh, also have a website uh, so www.stillness-fitness.com yeah fantastic Thanks. i'll make sure i put all those links
1: in the show notes um and thank you unless you've got anything i'll tell no, nice. No, it's just been really lovely to meet you and have
3: a good chat
0: likewise fantastic yeah. thank you very much and You're we will see you soon speak to you soon Okay, no problem. Cheers. Take care, bye-bye. Bye. That was another fantastic episode. Thanks very much for Seb for taking this time out and coming to talk to us really hope you enjoyed that as usual again like i said at the beginning if you do please give us a review please rate us please share and make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode and um, we are producing episodes every two weeks different guests different topics and different themes each time so as you say we really hope you're enjoying this podcast all the links for myself allison and today's guest are in the description below And we'd really love your feedback or questions or anything you want to send us. Our email addresses are also in those show notes. So thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon.